Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Not The Farmer's Wife. I'm CJ, your host, and this week we are going to talk about nutrition for backyard chickens. Um, This is in the lead up to my course that starts, uh, opens for registration on the 10th of June and I think our start date is now the 17th of June. We're starting the course proper. So if you haven't got along and registered uh, to be on the wait list for that, go to www.mojohomestead.net uh, backslash seven must knows that's seven must knows and you'll get a free little pdf all about keeping backyard chickens and what you need to know and you'll also go onto my wait list uh, so you'll be sent all the updates for when the course is due to start and i'm very excited about it because i've just put together a whole bunch of more stuff this week and it's looking very very good anyway <clears throat> i will apologize if i cough at all during the uh, episode through the week i was uh put onto a ventolin. <laughs> Never had asthma in my life but supposedly I have um, developed a little bit of adult asthma which is probably a combination of having had COVID in December last year and the fact that uh, in the lovely Yass River area we've just hit winter proper and the weather has changed and we have the lovely freezing cold mornings. I think through the week we got down to minus three And all the cars were covered in frost and we had to break water trough ice to allow the animals to drink. It was fantastic. Every time, every year when it happens, I just think, this is why I love Yass River so much. I'd give anything to live in the top end of of Queensland. Uh, But life is what it is and I don't live there. I live in this lovely area where there is absolutely four significant seasons in the year. And you cannot mistake summer spring autumn and winter it just yeah you know which one you're in at exactly the right time and right now we are definitely absolutely in winter even in may (laughs) it's come nice and early anyway what are we discussing this week nutrition for backyard chickens i know it's something that a lot of people get um a bit concerned about they they worry about and think maybe that they wouldn't know what to do or how to manage their chicken flock in their backyard and it, it really should never be um, anything that you need to concern yourself with now as a as a disclaimer before we start I am not a vet nurse I am not trained in veterinary science I am actually not even professionally trained in animal husbandry uh, however you know 30 odd years I can honestly say from my experience what I've seen and what uh, my chickens have responded to. So first thing I want to talk about is buying a balanced feed. Now there's a lot of people in the homesteading uh, circles that um, that I kind of frequent who love the concept of growing and milling and making their own chicken feed. And while I am 
super in awe of them that they have the time for that because it is a time-consuming process. Um, I'm also a little bit conscious of the fact that uh, for chicken feed that's made in the store, that's commercial bought chicken feed, has to go through a whole bunch of uh, checks and, and balances to ensure that it has the correct levels of protein, carbs, fats, uh, and that it covers off on all of the vitamins and minerals that chickens need. <clears throat> now, while the idea of buying commercially produced feed all the time you know, may not be something that appeals to you, if you feed commercially produced chicken layer pellets, so there's a difference, just so you, if for those that don't know, you can get layer pellets or... Um, well, there's actually more than a couple but so to start with with a chick you have chick feed which is a crumble and it's designed very small and very easy for the chicks the small chicks to um, eat and they start eating from day one they're they're straight into it their um, chickens are our little dinosaur buddies so they start eating straight away they don't they do not have uh, if you don't know they don't consume any milk or any regurgitated food from their mother it is straight up they are foraging and eating what is in front of them <clears throat> so they start with that until about six to seven weeks I usually keep my chicks on on the chick starter until then but around the six week mark I start to incorporate layer pellets or grower pellets depending on what bird I've got so for my layers layer pellets for my meat birds it'll be growers so they, they are pellets, commercially produced pellets, and they have different levels of protein depending on what you're feeding. So for our growing birds, we want about 17 to 18% protein. And that's the same for our, our fatteners as well as our egg layers. Uh, but once they get to their laying hen age, so once they actually start producing eggs, then their, their protein requirement is around that 16%. However, and this is research that I've only just come across fairly recently, um, is that during a molt or winter time, and it's because I was looking at birds that are raised in, um, in very cold climates where it snows, um, <clears throat> research is saying that you can now up their protein to about 20% during a molt period or during those really cold winters where you have snow. So if you live in an area where it snows, um, have a look at your feed store and, and have a look at the different ranges of food they've got. So you've got your pellets and your chick starter. Chick starter we'll put to the side because we're not talking about chicks. Um, but for our grower or layer birds, you want 17 to 18% until they're around that laying age. And then you can drop it back to 16%. Now, the price difference varies, but it's not by a lot. And certainly I've just um, come across a brand here in Australia that has... 18.5% um, protein so I'm going to go and see if the feed store can get that in for me um, we'll, we'll have a chat and see what happens but uh, when when we're feeding we have to look at the pellets or the other alternative is a thing called scratch mix now scratch mix contains um, corn and uh, grain like whole grain so that the birds can um, really get that like non-processed food makes it sound really good doesn't it makes it sound like oh wow whole grains i mean you know for the last 30 odd years they've been telling us to eat whole grains even though we now know that's not probably the best for everyone uh, but for chickens scratch mix is lovely and they love it i my girls absolutely love it 
But what I have found from personal use is that if you feed them just scratch mix, they won't do as well. It doesn't have all the things they need to be healthy, happy egg layers. It's kind of like chicken candy. <laughs> they eat it and they love it, but they don't necessarily benefit from it. Um, it's something that I would probably, and I, I actually don't feed it at all anymore, but if, if I had it, I would probably only give it to them once a week where I would go out and throw some scratch mix onto the grass for them and let them go through that foraging process of finding all the grains. Uh, but it really is, it fattens them up, so it's probably good if you're raising meat birds, uh, but it definitely uh, is not as beneficial as the commercially made layer pellets. So, <clears throat> If you are getting backyard chickens, my hot tip there is go to the local feed store, find a feed or produce store, speak to them and go through the range of what they have. And like I say, a little bit of scratch mix is fine, but layer pellets, if you want eggs, layer pellets are the best thing. Now, you, there's other things that you can feed to them to give them that balanced diet. Obviously, chicken scraps is a big one, which we'll discuss further down about different things that uh, should or shouldn't be in in scraps, kitchen scraps going out to chickens. So there are other things that you can feed your chickens that are different to scraps. Uh, and that would be things like microgreens or sprouted grains. And you can certainly prepare them in your kitchen. They don't take a lot of effort. Uh, you could get your scratch mix and just simply put it into a glass jar with some water, make sure there's more water than grain. And it has to have a lid on it that can allow gas to escape. And it basically sprouts the seeds that are in there. Um, and, and you can add that, supplement that to their food just for a bit of difference and, and, you know, just a little bit of extra kick for them. I believe that it has better microbiomes for the chickens, but that's just what I've been told. That's not any kind of strong support there that I've read anywhere. Now, we've already discussed protein requirements, but it really is important that we understand that chickens are very much omnivores and not herbivores. Um, I get this question a lot when people are asking me about their getting chickens and getting their backyard chickens set up and they say, oh, but you know, I can just feed them greens because they're just, they're vegetarian, aren't they? And it's, uh, no, no, chickens are omnivores. Chickens will eat anything, literally. They're probably worse than goats. Um, they do require protein and their protein can come from normal standard protein, um, sources so a lot of plants have protein but the levels of protein they have aren't sufficient to actually produce protein in your diet uh, my chickens will chase i'm sure i've said this before they will chase field mice around the paddock and fight over them and i feel sorry for the mice for about three seconds till they're dead uh, they literally rip them apart in front of you uh, and fight over the bits Chickens are omnivores. They will eat lizards, they'll eat bugs, they'll eat mice, they eat all the greens, obviously, grain, yeah, worms that they find in the ground, you name it, they'll eat it. Uh, they're a true, true omnivore. So um, we discussed the protein levels and obviously they still need all the other minerals, which we'll go through in detail. There's a whole bunch of minerals and, and vitamins that they need for proper nutrition in order to be good egg layers. Uh, one of those things that they need in their diet is calcium and that's for eggshell production. And without calcium, their eggshells will be horrendous. They 
you will get soft egg shells you'll end up with girls that are egg bound because the egg is too hard uh, not too hard it just doesn't form enough to come out of the vent um, the vent is their back end where they lay their eggs out of but it's also where they poop out of so calcium they have to have now we give that in the form of crushed oyster shells um, which are commercially available at the feed store um, and also you can buy the crushed oyster shells in a mix with the next thing I was going to discuss which is their grit now birds and I don't know as not being a medical background I don't know the full details of, of how they do it but a chicken has a croup at the front of their neck uh, when you when you uh, dissect a chicken you'll see a bag at the front of their their throat and that bag <coughs> they eat small rocks or gritty kinds of products so stones shell things like that and they keep it in their croup and when they eat the grass and greens and things like that because their body um, isn't able to digest it ex like directly from the stomach the food goes into the croup and it actually gets pulverized in there with all the, the grit that's in there and once it's pulverized then they can digest it now it, chickens who are out free ranging in the paddock like ours will pick up little stones they'll get little bits of stone and and they'll swallow them and put them into their croup um, but they need a source to keep that going because eventually those stones either wear down or, or go pass through this system so we buy a commercial product that is um, oyster shells but it's mixed with commercial grit now the commercial grit is just broken up little bits of rock um, if your chickens don't have a vast foraging area then it's really important that you include those things in their diet now the recommendation is not to put it into their feed bucket with their pellets uh, that they have access to all the time rather to have a separate feed bucket where you keep that and that's because the chickens will self-regulate how much oyster shell and grit they need to in order to stay healthy um, if you put it in with their food they, there's a tendency to overeat it and they don't need as much as like they'll know they'll self-regulate how much they need so it's better to have it separate and they can just do that themselves um, it kind of sounds funny that you're giving them rocks to eat essentially but I mean we've even watched and I don't know the ins and outs the medical side of cows uh, but I've watched my cows suck on rocks and pick them up so I don't know whether they've got something else going on with their stomach as well uh, but yeah so grit separate to their layer pellets and uh, you don't need a lot of it but depending on how many girls you've got depending on how much they have an opportunity to forage you definitely need to have it there for them now the next one seems like a no-brainer but I'm going to state the obvious anyway fresh water chickens absolutely have to have a constant supply of clean fresh water now they make their water messy let me just say that they kick shit up they and they drive me insane now chickens because especially at the moment the brooder house our little baby chicks who are nearly nine weeks old um, they just they go do the scratching in this in their wood chipping and just send it all through their food and all through their water and that's why you'll see in commercial uh, chicken homes chicken factories they have the drip feeders now the drip feeders take a little bit more to set up um, and you do need to check them daily so you need to go and stick your hand underneath the drip feeder and press on it and see if there's water still coming out because if it gets blocked you won't know 
but they're certainly an easier way to keep fresh water from from being you know dirtied by the by the chickens that are in there we don't have that in our setup because ours are moving around the paddock um, we don't have a drip feeder set up. I'm looking at what I could do to set up a drip feeder in the yard that would maybe be attached to the front of the chicken tractor. Uh, but at the moment, we just have a big long tray that we fill up out of our dam. We have a pump and we, we pump water because we're doing it on a larger scale. Uh, in a smaller backyard environment, and certainly what I used at the last farm, at our little farm, was to have a water, um, a water carrier, a water tub, that is hung from the ceiling and that means that the chickens can't flick shit up into it all the time if you have it sitting on the ground you need to put a couple of bricks or something underneath it otherwise it will just be putrid every single time you go out there so keep it up off the water up off the ground or hanging from the ceiling to prevent them pushing shit into it um, or go to a drip feeder system that you have connected to a hose and just you just need to check it each day and it I mean it takes two seconds to check so it's not like it's a big deal uh, it does cost a little bit more for the drip feeders than what it does for just a water container uh, but yeah that's how we go now in the past with my little baby chicks I have also used um, the old water the old the water bottles that you get that are for um, rabbits or hamsters or things like that with a little bowl point on the end of them so they push on that and water comes out but I found that they didn't work as well for chickens um, I don't know whether the chickens beak just doesn't have enough weight in it to push it in so I trialed it didn't really find that it worked that well it was okay with the little baby chicks but once they get a little bit older it was like the ball was just too big for them and they couldn't push it in with the bigger bottles okay so next one is appropriate treats and as I said before with scratch mix, I call scratch mix chicken candy uh, because, well, they love it. They absolutely love it. Uh, I don't think it is as nutritionally benefic beneficial, sorry, choking on my words, beneficial for chickens as what layer uh, pellets are. So you can still give them treats. Um, we do, most chicken owners will say that they avoid sugary fatty or processed foods uh, I have to be honest with you <laughs> whatever's in the scrap bucket goes out the scrap bucket so if the kids have eaten something half eaten a cupcake the cupcake is going out and I know that's probably got way too much sugar and food coloring that would be beneficial for chicks however they only get it in small doses because we only have it in small doses um, healthier treats for them are things like fruits and vegetables uh, you can also buy mealworms uh, live or dried <clears throat> I've noticed that when we do give them mealworms it's almost a, a free-for-all fight to who can have the mealworms so they're obviously um, something that they really like but healthier treats like fruits and vegetables you can you can get very inventive with that so you can do things uh, like freezing a block of ice that you have um, a can of corn into um, and then through the day they obviously have to work hard to get the corn but they, they can get the corn as they peck at the ice um, vegetables you can put a rope through a cabbage just you know punch a hole through it in the middle of it put a rope through it hang it up there and just let them go at it and it gives them something to forage but they're also getting some benefit out of it um, <clears throat> berries are definitely the highest um, highest in demand food source for ours so when the kids have left the strawberries go too long in the fridge or the blueberries um, when we toss them out into the scrap bucket it is uh, yeah 
the the race is on to see who can get the strawberries uh agnes our old girl uh generally will because she's such a quick little thing she will duck in grab a couple of big strawberries and leg it to the other side of the paddock with them uh, so they're obviously a favorite and like I said, if you do want to go with the um, scratch mix or, you know, sprouting some grains for them or anything like that, try and do it only like once a week. Um, as I said, I noticed that we had issues with egg production when they were getting scratch mix on a regular basis. So say feeding layer pellets in the morning scratch mix of the night, uh, the egg production was nowhere near as good as when we just switched over to straight layer pellets. Uh, all through the week and and my girls don't even get scratch mix anymore they just get layer pellets and they get their scraps and treats as a side thing um, now the next one is access to forage chickens really do need to forage and I know I've discussed in previous episodes about certain breeds do well in smaller environments without necessarily large areas to forage but that doesn't mean that they don't need any area to forage they still need some area now, if you're in a backyard environment and you don't have vast paddocks like what we've got here, uh, what I've done in the past is put a, and this is going to be hard to describe, but imagine a uh, fly screen door set on the ground, flat on the ground, and underneath the fly screen where nothing can get at, the grass shoots, little green shoots are coming up and growing. So what I've done in the past is set up something so that there's a like a garden bed, like a raised garden bed with the fly screen across the top and allow, and you can throw some seeds down or if you've got really good grass growing anyway, um, allow the grass to get all those lovely fresh shoots underneath that aren't being disturbed by the chickens. Now, if you set up two or three of these, you can just rotate through where you move your screen door or screen mesh if you've got a handyman in your life or, ha or if you're handy yourself like me and you're happy to build a little timber frame with some mesh on it and you just move that round the two or three that you've got so the chickens can have access to one while the other two are growing uh, and that gives them that ability to really get in and forage which chickens it's a natural part of their nature to, to dig around and do that kind of thing if you're finding that they're going through it too quick use a, a bigger gauge wire on the mesh so instead of fly screen you could go to normal chicken wire and that will allow some grass to grow up through but without them actually digging into the soil and then so you could let them just trim all the tops off the grass before you let them forage in underneath um, another thing you can do with that is throw throw you know corn seed and things like that down and the little fresh corns growing like as the little seeds sprout like like basically like microgreens um, then the chickens can get in and eat that and that's a really good source of uh, food for them but it's also a great source for them to do their foraging and live their best little chicken life. Uh, now the next one is seasonal considerations and given the weather we've got here at the moment that's pretty timely. Uh, so depending on where you live and in Australia we're very lucky there's only a few areas where you really have to deal with snow on a regular basis through winter. We get snow here occasionally and it usually melts as it lands and doesn't stay. We don't have it sitting for any length of time. If you're in the States and you get copious amounts of snow like they do in certain areas and it's there for like you know three, four, five months of the year, um, then you obviously have to adjust the way things are for you. So the chicken diet can stay the same if you're living in Queensland and it's a beautiful sunny climate and you know winter is you have three months of slightly colder weather you can stick with the same diet all the way through without any problems 
if you are in one of those colder environments where chickens are inside for a lot more of the day and the weather is getting down into those minuses then as I said before about the protein you can up the protein through those winter months uh, they say up to 20%, but I have read a study and I, I don't know where the link is to it, so I won't be able to add it, but there was a study saying that they tested like 15% protein, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and they said over 20% protein actually had no beneficial um, characteristics for chickens. So it, it would be a waste of money to try and get a higher protein. But up to 20% and like I say the only one I've been able to find in Australia is 18.5% protein uh, but I'm going to trial that I'm going to get some and trial it through winter months and see if that helps my girls to stay nice and healthy um, but you you really need to make sure that they're getting sufficient food so that they've got a layer of fat on their bodies that a helps them keep warm but b because they're not able to forage maybe as as many days of the you know week as they normally would in summer that they still have access to food that they can get at all the time my girls hate the rain so as soon as it rains like it is today uh, they are straight under their chicken tractor or in their chicken tractor up on their perches and and they won't come out and forage um, so having having access to food for them where they can get at it where you know they're under shelter and they can continuously eat if they need to that's really important in those kind of seasonal things um, likewise in summer Water obviously becomes incredibly important if you're in a hot area. So you need to ensure that there is that constant supply of water, preferably in the shade. Um, it doesn't have to be cold water, but not hot water would be better if they're trying to keep themselves nice and cool. Um, and that would be when you would look at doing those little treats that we talked about, like the, the can of corn into a you know ice cream container full of water and then freezing it. And that would give them that lovely ice you know, to, to peck at during summer. And at the same time, they get a really cold little corn nibble when they get to the end of it. Um, all right. I'm actually surprised that I'm making it through this far without coughing. <laughs> Limiting toxins. So this is one that it just there's always debate in chicken circles. I'm on a few Facebook pages and the number of people that will argue over this. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, we probably wouldn't all argue face to face, but keyboard warriors we'll all argue behind the the safety of a screen um what can you feed your chickens and what can't you feed your chickens as far as chicken scraps go now i have heard everything don't feed them avocado don't feed them avocado seeds don't feed them sugar obviously um uh, the list i've got here when i was doing some research they actually had listed do not feed them harmful substances like caffeine alcohol and chocolate i'm sorry but if you've got Caffeine, alcohol and chocolate as a scrap, there is something wrong in your house. The caffeine would not be going anywhere other than me and the handy helper. Likewise with the alcohol, uh, and we certainly wouldn't have any to spare. Uh, and chocolate, please, really, what is spare chocolate? I don't even know what this is. Um, so we would never have that as an issue in our house because uh, the two kidlets would absolutely demolish any chocolate that I didn't want to eat. Um now it also goes on to say onion garlic and I've got to be honest I've never not given onion and garlic in my scrap buckets everything that we cut up fruit and veggie wise goes into the scrap bucket our eggshells when we crack eggs our eggshells go into the scrap bucket um, it also says moldy or spoiled food well I have to be honest we clean out the fridge once a week and anything that's going a bit funky it's straight in the scrap bucket and it goes up to the chooks 
uh, I have absolutely fed them avocado skin and avocado seeds have gone in by default because somebody's you know popped the seed out into the scrap bucket so people can debate about it and you can certainly follow guidelines if you're uh, unsure of what to do then then the guidelines say no avocado it also says no raw meat which I've got to be honest, my, given that I'm currently trialling the carnivore diet, my chooks are definitely getting raw meat scraps. Uh, they also get cooked meat scraps. They get eggshell scraps. They get all the fruit and veg scraps. They get literally anything bread, like commercially produced bread, which I actually think is probably the worst thing I could be feeding them um, because of the amount of sugar and, and um, uh, things in it, that preservatives in it that really probably aren't great for an animal. Uh, but mine get everything I think you just have to play it by ear and as you become more confident and comfortable as a chicken mama or papa uh, you'll decide what's best for your chickens uh, I, I really having done some research of late read my carnivore diet and plant-based diets and and the lies that we've been told um, I'm really loathe to follow people's instructions now and and kind of go with what modern data is telling us uh, because it appears that modern data isn't always correct <laughs> so I feed my chickens all the kitchen scraps there is nothing that doesn't go in there the other thing that I've noticed that the chickens will go and eat if they get the opportunity is um, the dog kibble so we've got two dogs here a kelpie and a merrimer and the merrimer obviously lives in the paddock and she gets fed in the paddock and if she's got do dry dog kibble which she only gets yeah, she gets raw meat as well. If she has dry dog kibble during like the day in her bucket, the chickens will go and bloody eat it, bastards. So we've had to try and work out how to do, how to give her dry kibble that she's got access to outside of her normal meat feeding time uh, without the chickens getting into it. Anyway, that's me off my high horse. Uh, limiting toxins, f do your research, um, message me if in doubt and we can discuss it. But uh, pretty much if you if it's something that you would feed your family the chickens are probably going to be fine with it uh, nutritional deficiencies okay so the big one to be aware of with nutritional deficiencies is the vitamin groups and the mineral groups and the vitamins are vitamin D E and B12 and the mineral deficiencies are selenium zinc and iodine now if in doubt always check with a vet However, there's so many resource systems on the web that you can go and have a look at. And I'll just run through a few of the ones that you really need to know. So the first one's calcium deficiency. Um, it's essential for forming strong eggs. So without it, the eggs aren't going to be great. And most of, most of these vitamins and minerals for chickens uh, will cause eggshell problems if they're low in them. Uh, but calcium will result in thin or weak eggshells or shellless eggs. Now, you haven't seen one of those. I'll try and find an old picture I've got of one of our ones that our girls laid um, and uh, post it and show you. It's essentially just the membrane holding the white and the yolk inside with no hard shell on the outside. Uh, and of course, that obviously then results in egg breakage more than usual. So calcium deficiency is one you have to keep up. And like I said, oyster shells are a good one for that. Protein deficiency. Protein is incredibly important for egg production. Um, but what will happen is primarily the egg production will drop off. So if they're not producing enough eggs, it may be that your layer pellets don't have enough protein in them. Uh, it can also result in smaller eggs. 
Um, so if they're not a new layer, if, they're, if they've been laying for a while and suddenly the eggs start to get a bit smaller, it could be that they're needing a bit more protein. Um, and it also does impact the shell quality, uh, like I said, most of these ones do. Uh, vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D is essential in chickens for calcium absorption. So without enough vitamin D, they're not going to get the calcium that you're feeding them in the, in the oyster shells. Um, so deficiency in that, aside from the impact that it has on the calcium, it will also result in soft or thin-shelled eggs, and it can also reduce egg production numbers. So you'll have a drop-off in how many they're producing. Um, and it's only because their little bodies have to work harder to, to produce one egg if they've got less of the nutrients in there that they need. Uh, vitamin B12 deficiency. Um, B12 is important for uh, energy and nerve function in chickens, and it will absolutely lead to reduced egg production. Uh, it can also impact the, the eggshell quality, but it's more an impact on their health. Uh, selenium deficiency, that's a trace mineral, essential trace mineral, uh, that assists in meta metabolic processes. And again, um, not having enough selenium in their diet will reduce egg production, but also it can impact their hatchability. So when you have a broody hen, if there's problems, if you and we've had this where we, we do an egg topsy after uh, a broody hen will sit on eggs or after we've tried to hatch with an incubator, so if they don't, if you don't get the hatch rate that you're expecting and you crack open the eggs and you see that you've got a chick formed, but they just never got to full term, uh, that can be selenium deficiency. And it can also impact their immune function, which of course, you know, as, as their immune drops, they tend to pick up more things and get sicker quicker. So we don't want that. Iodine deficiency, um, that in chickens, same as for humans, it um, impacts on your thyroid function. Uh, which will impact overall on their metabolism and their egg production. Uh, it, so it'll re reduce egg production if, it, if they've got a deficiency in it, uh, but it also delays sexual maturity in pullets. So if you have a uh, pullet, a young female bird who should be laying around the 19 to 25 week mark, and they get to pass the 25 week mark and they are not laying, it may be that they don't have enough iodine in their diet. So then you just have to have a quick look at the, the layer pellets if you're feeding layer pellets and check and make sure that there is iodine in there. If not, yeah, you go back to your feed store, speak to them, they're the, they're the best people for it. Um, omega-3 omega fatty acid deficiency, um, <clears throat> it will impact the nutritional quality of the eggs. So without enough omega-3s in there, the egg becomes less nutritionally um, valuable to us humans. Um, so it, it won't be as great for our diet if they're low in that. And so sometimes you'll see, um, I think in, I haven't bought shop eggs for a long time, but I have seen on the outside of the cartons that we use because we recycle our cartons, um, high in omega-3 fatty acid. So they're obviously ensuring that their birds are fed enough of it so that the eggs they're producing are sufficient in that particular um, requirement. Um, yeah, so that's, that's it as far as the uh, vitamins and minerals go. Now, to finish up, I just want to say that, you know, I said in the beginning, go and get commercial layer pellets. Obviously, you know, you would expect that all those nutrients are going to be in the layer pellets. 
if in doubt, I can't strongly enough suggest that you make very good friends with your stock feed uh, supplier, the whoever's working in the shop there. Go in, have a chat with them. Say, look, I'm new to, to chickens. I want to make sure I'm getting the right layer pellets. I want to make sure I'm feeding them the right thing. It's not always about cost. Sometimes the dearer products are not necessarily better. And like I say, you don't need to go the higher protein uh, for a layer bird. A 16% protein is fine. I've actually just worked out that our layer pellets currently are only sitting at 15% protein, which I didn't know. So I'm going to have a bit of a tinker over the next couple of months and I'll let you know how we go, if that changes production or if, if I notice a vast difference after changing. Um, but... Other things that can impact on a bird nutritionally are their breed. Um, heritage birds, I find, uh, tend to last longer, but they, they are probably, they do have some things that impact them a bit more. The hybrid sex link birds that are just egg machines, um, they don't last as long, they don't live as long, um, and maybe that's why things don't show up because they just don't have that longevity. Um, Age can impact them nutritionally. Um, certainly our older girls, I think, require a lot more calcium to have a nice solid egg. Uh, but that's also because they're producing less eggs. You know, they might only produce an egg each second day and they're bigger eggs, they're massive. So as they get older, the egg gets bigger. Um, so egg production again. So, you know, your younger birds, well, they would probably be producing every day if you're if they're nutritionally deficient, they might only be producing every second day, even for young birds. So to try and get that optimum level of egg production, you really need to make sure that they're getting everything that they need. Um, and uh, health conditions are the last ones that can impact on it. So obviously, if you've got a sick bird, they're probably not going to lay because their body is going into that protective mode of heal me first and then I'll worry about egg production. So... Ensuring that they've got the adequate nutritional requirements means that they can come out of that slump if they are in a health slump. Uh, same with when they're molting. So when a bird molts through winter usually, usually on their second year, 18 months, second year, they'll go through a molt. And when they go through the molt, their feathers all fall out. They look like shit. They look like they're... <laughs> you kind of... I've had people come back to me. One of my, one of my um, day shift workmates comes in and says to me, oh my God, Chucky's got feathers falling out everywhere I don't know what we've done wrong and I said how old is she and he said oh two and a half three years I said oh she's it's winter time she's going through her molt and he's he was really worried because he's thinking oh my god she's going to keel over she's not she's losing all the feathers she's going to grow back her feathers she's going to come back stronger than ever and probably start laying her monster eggs that she lays again um, but that's something that you have to take into consideration anyway if you have any problems finding a stock feed store near you or you're not sure, feel free to message me on uh, Instagram is probably where I'm at most or Facebook. Uh, and you can get me under either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead and just say, just let me know what the problem is and we can discuss it and I can try and help you through it. Um, certainly, like I say, well, I'm not a vet nurse and I haven't studied animal sciences, uh, I have had lots of experience with feeding chooks and I know when it doesn't work and when it does work. And uh, don't forget also too to uh, hop along if you haven't already and jump on the wait list or at least join our mailing list uh, so that you get sent a newsletter each week about what's happening at Mojo Homestead. And that's at www.mojohomestead.net. Uh, and you can, you'll see links there. You can either download a, a free webinar on chicken breeds or you can uh, download a PDF on seven must-knows for keeping backyard chickens. 
Uh, and if you're in the market for any new kind of clothing items, uh, my Not The Farmer's Wife store <laughs> over on Shopify is up and running and I've just added a whole bunch of new products, especially for winter. So we have hooded snuggle blankets and hoodies for sale as well with different little farming designs and things like that on them. So go and check those out. And otherwise, I will see all you lovely folk next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.